Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Covering a lot of issues today on uh, the program from coronavirus to changes here with General Conference to the Democratic battle for the nomination for the presidency. A lot of it is evolving. A lot of it is in flux. And we'll continue to cover it, of course, here on these airwaves. Tonight, I'd point out the president uh, will be giving a primetime update on COVID-19, the coronavirus. Now, prime time, those are the words. So I'm not sure exactly what time it's coming, but what I can guarantee you is that we will broadcast it here on these airwaves during Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news. We are now going to turn our attention to FISA. We've spoken to legislators uh, for a long time about this issue as uh, there has been talk of uh, reforming FISA. Senator Mike Lee has been very vocal on that issue. He and I have had a number of conversations. Uh, Also, later on in the program, we're going to be speaking with Chris Stewart, who uh, has some strong feelings on this. We're going to get his attitude on uh, this FISA reform debate, uh, which may come to a head tomorrow. Also going to speak to Chris Stewart about the coronavirus and what's going on in his office and how he's feeling about uh, the House's and Congress's reaction to it. Uh, But right now, I want to have a conversation with someone uh, I've admired for a good long time, former uh, U.S. attorney for the District of Utah, Brett Tolman. Uh, He published a piece in the Washington Examiner, uh, an opinion piece under the headline, Congress must rein in FISA surveillance in the wake of abuses. Uh, Sir, uh, grateful to you for joining us on the program. How are you today? I'm good. Hi, Lee. Good to be with you again. It's been a while. It has been a long time. I think the last time you and I uh, spoke was... Uh, maybe 2006 or seven or maybe eight, uh, as yeah. I was working as a producer for my old man when he hosted a talk show. And so right. <laughs> the roles have changed a little bit for both of us, uh, but I'm grateful nonetheless. Uh, talk to me about this piece you published. Uh, what what are the, the items of FISA currently that ought to be uh, reined in? Well, the first thing that a lot of people don't realize is, you know, a similar cast of characters. You have uh, Jim Comey, who at the time was uh, the deputy attorney general, and you have Robert Mueller, the director of the FBI. You know, the very same people that under their leadership you saw abuses were at that time in 2005 trying to get the Congress to just reauthorize the Patriot Act, which had these FISA rules in it. 
uh, without any reforms, no changes, no adjustments. Uh, they did not want any heightened standard, even when it was going to be utilized against the U.S. citizen. Um, so that, that should be the first thing that, you know, folks focus on is there's a pattern here. There's a there's a there's an optics problem. As and you well. and you, if I could, but it, you, you had a unique perspective at that time. You, you occupied uh, a fascinating position as chief counsel uh, with the Senate Judiciary Committee. What did you see from that point of view? Yeah, we, you know, we were tasked with reauthorizing this, and myself and a former FBI agent, Nick Rossi, we actually engaged in a, an effort to try to get Republicans and, and and Democrats on board, and we raised the bar on several of the provisions: the sneak and peek search warrant, the. Um, the uh, 215 records, the roving wiretap, we raised the bar and made it a little bit more difficult, still useful, but more difficult. And we got it out of the Senate Judiciary Committee unanimous, and we got it out of, out of the Senate unanimous. And that was just a feat that had never been done before. But I, I think we finally hit the sweet spot on that bill, and then it all fell apart went over in the House. And they... Um, you know, they refuse to raise the bar. There's such a compelling argument that national security is so vital and it's important, which it is, and they don't want another 9-11, which we don't. But the, the, it's so surprising to me that Republicans especially are so willing to give up personal privacy interests um, in, without better analysis or without safeguards. Do, do, what, uh, what will it take or what would it take for individuals, you know, the conservative types that, uh, you know, that are against this type of giving up uh, freedoms. How, what does the educational effort required? Well, I think the president vetoing this bill is the first thing that has to happen, because I think it's lined up to, to repeat, you know, history repeat itself. You have Attorney General Barr that's pushing hard. I understand why they're doing this. They're being told you have to have it or the country is going to be susceptible to terrorism. It's not true. We can we can take a few weeks and get this done. So first of all, the president vetoing it is going to send a strong message. The other education is, look, for example, on the records, that has been expanded. They have an ability to get a lot more information than when this was drafted in 1978 over the course of the last 20, 30 years, they've expanded the ability to get additional evidence, um, and they've expanded on who they can get it against. You know, the title of this this area of the law is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance. It was strictly meant to spy on foreign spies or someone who we could tie to a foreign adversary. But it's been expanded. And so people, if they could educate themselves and understand that what we're proposing or should be proposing is increasing the safeguards when it's going to deal with a U.S. citizen, which could include the president, obviously, or the media. Um, that's that's what I wish we were we were hearing and and the debate was about. I uh, have not checked in on the White House yet. What do you predict to happen uh, should this pass the House and the Senate? Uh, I know there's an inordinate amount of pressure that's being applied to the White House. Bar, bar this morning uh, vocalizing yep. his support of this. That's right. Um, that's hard to resist, but if there's a president that could do it, it would be this one who for three years, you know, whether you like him or don't like him, I've always said Democrats and Republicans should agree, which they don't, but they should agree the ability to abuse FISA, um, in order to surveil a U.S. citizen to then utilize and create a fake dossier in order to attack a sitting president. 
backing away from that, is no one concerned that this could be happening to another president that comes down the road, uh, Democrat or Republican? And, and Lee, I'll, I'll tell you one thing that is, is maddening to me. The there are some champions on the Democratic side who are long, long time privacy and 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 personal, you know, um, autonomy, citizen autonomy advocates. Senator Ron Wyden from Oregon, um, Senator Leahy, others that are, you know, they touted themselves as trying to protect civil liberties. They're quiet all of a sudden, and they've disappeared because they don't, I guess, they don't want to do anything that might be what the president wants done. So it's a tough uphill battle because you have both Republicans now and Democrats that are wanting to just uh, a, reauthor, a simple reauthorization. Yeah. Uh, Senator Mike Lee, an exception to that, has urged the president to veto the legislation. Uh, one of his tweets reads, the House FISA deal doesn't fix what's wrong with FISA. I will do everything I can to oppose it in the Senate. If it passes, uh, Donald Trump, President Trump, should veto it. We'll see if, uh, if, his, yeah. if his desires come to fruition. Uh, unfortunately, if I'm a, a betting man, the way the political winds are blowing right now and the way uh, just as you mentioned, some folks with strong feelings, as you and I know, are sitting quiet on the sidelines. Uh, we may be entering into a, a new area era. Uh, yes, that's, that's exactly right. Sir, I'm grateful to you for your time. Uh, Brett Tolman, former U.S. attorney here for the District of Utah, uh, all around smart guy, strong feelings on this issue. I'm grateful to you for uh, making the time for us. Let's not let this be uh, the last time we chat, all right? That's right. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate it. All righty. My pleasure. Listen, we're going to take a break here. Uh, coming up, we're going to be speaking with Chris Stewart on the same issue. He has a fascinating perspective. We're also going to talk to him about the coronavirus. Uh, his proximity to the virus, not literally, uh, but his proximity to the virus is, is fascinating. He is in the midst of debates taking place in Congress right now. He also, as a member of Congress, is responsible for the well-being of his own office. I'm anxious to talk to him about any procedures or protocols that may be impacted by the coronavirus. That's coming up next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.